I've got to pose in the matrix here. This is Dave. It is the eighth. Uh, yes, the eighth of August, 2021, and it's currently 10:04 in the evening. Getting a little earlier start than I usually do on these evenings tonight. So uh, here we go with the hat again. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, this this thing is completely opposite of what's going on. So when I touch the right hand side of my the bill of my hat. It's the left-hand side. It's like looking in a mirror and trying to straighten it out. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a little too hard for somebody my age, I guess, huh? Um, yeah, I said it before. Some, some of you did. <laughs> um, you know, one, one thing I cannot stand in this world, in this life, in this existence, in this universe, in this, uh, this creation is when something is plain as day, plain as the the back of your hand or your palm of your hand, whatever you want to use. And somebody insists that it's something else. Nothing ticks me off more than that. Okay. Um, and people know that and people have used that to try to tick me off, but you know, I'm 62 now, so I pretty well figured it out. Now I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, you're not going to get away with that. Okay. So, um, Anyway, you know, years ago, and I'll, I'll tell you where we're going with this in a second. Now, if you can read the banner down below, it says COVID-19 is something other than a virus. And I'll explain that, okay? And I think it's going to make a lot of sense to you. It makes a lot of sense to me. And But science doesn't really deal with making sense. Um, anyway, science today doesn't. Real science does. Real science today is, I mean, science today is politically motivated, um, monetarily motivated, and um, it just stinks, okay? I did not come from an ape. My ancestors were not apes, okay? My ancestor was Adam. He was a special creation, and someday I'll be like him. <clears throat> I mean, before the fall. Um, anyway, before I go any further, folks, um, how do you like my background? Uh, yes, that's an American flag, of course, and uh, that is my dad's flag. Um, he passed away in 1999. He was a Korean War vet. I saw a little bit of action and uh, was kind of uh, messed up a little bit afterwards for many years. He had uh, PTSD, and that's back before they knew what it was. They called it shell shock and stuff like that. There's another thing, you know, they knew that it came from battle, but they didn't know what it was, Okay. Now they know what it is, and, and it can be treated, basically, and it can be cured, too. Um, the lighter cases, the heavier cases, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend and, and give hope to somebody that might not have hope. Anyway, um, so pardon me while I, okay, I got to get on the right screen on my other computer here. And it's always the last tab. There we go. All right. So anyway. Years ago, uh, back in the 90s, no, yeah, I guess in the 90s, early 2000s, um, I got a new insurance. I got Kaiser. Um, if you don't know what Kaiser is, it's an HMO, and I think they're pretty good. Other people, I swear by them. Other people swear at them, <laughs> okay? Um, they've done me nothing but good except maybe the last two weeks or so where, you know, I got that bad infection. But, you know, that, that was just, you know, something that happened. I don't think it was an inept doctor or anything like that. It's just not doctor's fault that my ureters are weird sizes. But anyway, um, so I had this doctor. He was an Italian doctor or Italian descent. 
and I thought we'd hit it off really well because I am too, among other things. And um, so we, we did hit it off at first, but then he started cocking, getting a cocky attitude. And uh, I, I don't deal very well with that, you know, because I like to call people like that to the carpet. And uh, you got to be careful though when you do that with your doctor because they could put stuff in your chart that could ruin your life. So anyway, I treated him with kick gloves except toward the end. So many of you know that uh, I've got a heart arrhythmia and every once in a while it acts up and I got to go get shocked back into normal rhythm. And I've become accustomed to that. I've had this for over 30 years. <clears throat> okay. So it's just something I live with. I really don't freak out like I used to. Um, it's just something that comes along and, you know, and, and, and it occurs and it might not happen again for two years, for five years. I think I've gone like seven years without an episode and then all of a sudden, bam. And what it does is it feels like you're, there's a trap door in your chest and it just drops open. That's what it feels like. And then all of a sudden you start getting this, you know, your heartbeat starts going boom, 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 boom. you know, really weird. And, um, and it's not life-threatening at first, but if you don't get it taken care of, like in the first 72 hours, you could develop blood clots, and that could go to your brain and give you a stroke and ruin your day. Um, and I don't like when my day is ruined, so I usually go in and get shocked. Well, anyway, um, so let's see. It was probably in the early 2000s now, and I'm thinking about it. So I, um, I went to the doctors with it because I was dizzy. And I knew it was vertigo. I've had vertigo before. I know exactly what it feels like. I know exactly what my heart feels like when it goes bonkers. Okay. So, and, you know, look at it scientifically. I've experienced it. It's repeated itself. And every time it's been shocked back into, you know, back into normal rhythm. That's a scientific study. Okay. Um, And it's basically a scientific law. (laughs) Scientific law is that every once in a while, Dave's heart does this. Dave knows what it is, gets it shocked. The shock cures it or prevents it from happening for a while anyway. And um, and Dave goes his merry way, okay? Or David, if you're mad at me. Um, anyway, um, so I went and told this doctor. I says, doctor, can I have some uh, meclizine or another name for the brand name for that is Antivert uh, or Bonine, I think is the other drug. Um, they both are, and, are meclizine. Anyway. He says, what do you need it for? And I says, well, I've been, you know, I'm dizzy when I'm uh, walk down the stairs. Sometimes it's difficult. I always like to live in upstairs apartments. <laughs> you think I'd learn after about the first 15 times, you know, you got to move all that stuff up and then you got to move it down. Uh, and that's not fun. It, when you're younger, it's okay. But nowadays it's like, I just rather throw it off the patio. <laughs> uh, if I lived in an apartment, I'm in a house now, but um, I'd rather just throw it off and then uh, start anew, you know? Um, anyway, so this doctor, he's, oh, that's your heart. And I said, really, doc, I don't think it is. I know what my heart feels like when it starts messing up. You know, I said, it's vertigo. I'm pretty sure of it. No, it's your heart. And we went back and forth on this for quite a while uh, in one day. And uh, so finally, I said, doc, can I please just have the antivert? And, you know, he says, okay, you know, antivert's not going to hurt you. It's it's like taking Benadryl or something like that, you know, on a scale of what can hurt you and what can't. Probably Benadryl could probably hurt you worse than that. But anyway, um, so I, I was getting ready to leave, and he looks at me real serious. He says, you know what? He says, if I ever hear that you passed out or came close to passing out, I will call the DMV, and they'll yank your license. And I'm like, <laughs> you're threatening me now. Okay. Uh, anyway, I took the antivert, and um, 
and it worked. It got rid of the vertigo. I made sure I let the doctor know about it. Um, anyway, in the meantime, I called Kaiser and I said, look, this guy's belligerent. He's an ass. And um, I need to get another doctor. And the woman's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, this doctor treated me like that. I'd want another doctor, too. So anyway, they gave me another doctor. Well, the thing is that I knew what what my heart feels like and what my um, vertigo feels like. I've only had it twice in my life. But I know, okay, don't argue with me when I'm telling you I have vertigo, you know. Uh, don't tell me it's my heart. And don't threaten me that you're going to call DMV and have my license yanked, okay. Um Anyway, so this is what I'm, I'm kind of looking at with the um, with this COVID thing, and I apologize, folks, but you know, as long as COVID is a is an active threat, as long as it's um, a pandemic, <laughs> uh, as long as it's a hoax, and then don't get me wrong, I believe there really is COVID out there, but I think it's the values and numbers are highly inflated, and that um, it's being done for political reasons, basically to enslave the world and um, and to institute a new world order. I mean, totally instituted. It's almost totally here already, but you know, just some nuances that they need to tweak so that they can make it a total new world order. And part of that's taking down the United States and getting rid of the middle class. Um, don't believe me? Write to George Soros. Write to him anyway. Tell him he's a jerk. <laughs> um, no, only do that if you uh, if you feel led to. Okay, because he's a pretty powerful man, and he could uh, he could bring things to end for you <laughs> real quick. Um, so anyway, I see this and I things aren't adding up. Okay, I, I grew up in a world and it still is a world as far as I know that where one and one is two, two and two is four, four and four is eight, eight and eight is sixteen, on and on and on. Okay, um, the sun still comes up every morning and sets every evening. The moon changes phases over a twenty-eight day period every month. Uh, there are certain things that are are constants in our in our society and in um, in nature. And when people try, well, take global warming. Now, I believe in climate change, but don't try to sell me global warming, okay? Um, don't try to sell me global warming when uh, in the Midwest they're having the coldest winters they've had in 300 years or 200 years, you know, and things like that, you know. And and then the real bright ones will say, well, global cooling is part of global warming. And I'm like, okay, you know. Um, take that fresh steak you just made and stick it in the freezer and tell me that, you know, that it's warm after you take it out after 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. Um, anyway, and, and abortion's the same thing. Well, it's not a viable life form. I had a lady tell me that one time or a woman, she wasn't a lady obviously, but, and I said, Hey, I got it. I got an idea. She said, what? I says, okay, just let, hear me out. She goes, all right. I said, you're talking about viable life forms and that these babies aren't viable life forms. And and to a certain degree, up to a certain age, they probably are, but they still have 46 chromosomes and they still will develop into a human being. So in my eyes, from the minute of conception, we have a, a the potential for a human being and we have life. Okay. Cells are alive. And when cells divide and become more cells and more cells and then become body cells. Uh, um, organ systems and and brains and nervous systems and everything else that's that's pretty well assumed okay um so i said here's my idea she goes okay i says okay we're going to go down to Travis. we lived i lived over by travis air force base at the time let's, let's go down to travis and find the next flight that they're going to have going to the north pole or somewhere up there you know she goes why and i said well what we're going to do is 
I said, and please understand where, where I'm going with this. I'm not trying to be lewd or anything. I says, we're going to land up there uh, on the ice pack somewhere. You are going to disrobe. You're going to get out of the plane, and the plane's going to take off and leave you. I said, do you know what that makes you? And she goes, what? I said, an unviable life form. <laughs> so um, I says, you're breathing, and you're alive. You're cognizant. You think. Well, in some way, you think. Um, but, you know. I can turn you into a non-viable life form real easy uh, by doing that. And she got mad at me, of course, you know, uh, nobody ever wants to, uh, oh, there we go. Nobody ever wants to listen to reason, especially when it's going to prove them wrong. Um, anyway, so with this whole COVID-19 thing, what I'm seeing is that, and I'm going to prove it by reading some stuff. And there's a couple of videos we're going to watch too. Um, this is a politically motivated thing. First of all, it's uh, it's been put together, and um, and the playbook is that uh, they're going to not make everybody sick yet, but they're going to get everybody to where when the next big sickness comes in, you're a goner, um, or or the vaccines are going to turn you into um, a life form. Uh, you're still going to be human and everything. Don't get me wrong. But it's going to turn people into a life form where um, they're going to slowly change. This thing changes your DNA. More and more people have said that, and I'm talking about geneticists, okay? But it's going to turn your immune system against yourself, and it's going to fight. And a lot of people, mark my words, it's only been, what, a year, a year and a half since this vaccine came out? Mark my words that within the next year, year and a half, we'll give it a three-year period total, um, that people are starting to, are going to start coming down with autoimmune diseases like there's no tomorrow. The reason is because this vaccine puts these spike proteins into your body. These spike proteins enter into your cells, and they trick the body into thinking that your cells are attacking your body. So you're so that now your body's creating all these immune um, white blood cells. Uh, any kind of site you can think of, lymphocytes and stuff like that, that, that come into your bloodstream and attack whatever is attacking it. Well, there's a good chance. There's a 50% chance, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, my wife watches all these these um, murder things where they try to figure out, and, and the women that are on there, and even the guys are like, in my opinion, in my opinion, well, opinions got people hanged in the, mid in the Old West, you know. Um, anyway, in my opinion, that um, there's there's going to be an outbreak of autoimmune diseases like there's never been before. And there might be some new ones that come into play. Who knows? When you start messing around with DNA, you're playing with fire. And when you play with fire, there's a good chance you're going to get burnt. Not using fire, playing with fire. Okay. So that's the scenario I think we're looking at. Um now, if you wanted to be a cruel kind of person, you could say, well, you know, the good thing is that liberals took it. The majority of the people that marched right in there and said, shoot me up, doctor, were liberals. OK, if this thing manifests the way I think it's going to, you know, a lot of states, I think, might turn red. Because a lot of the liberals are going to, you know, not kill themselves, but they're going to die, you know, um, from autoimmune diseases and um and, and, a, and a weakened immune system where, to where anything can come and, and take it over and, uh, and kill you. And that's called comorbidity. And I'll kind of read what definition of that is in the, um, the hour or hour and a half to come. So anyway, I want to start out with um, 
playing two videos. And the first video talks about ivermectin, and I want you to recognize something about it. There will be a quiz at the end of the period. The end of the period, like I'm in school, at the end of the um, the end of the videos. Okay, and for those of you that are listening, the sound is turned on this time, and you'll be able to hear the videos. You won't be able to see them, but you'll be able to hear them. And and I know that our listeners that that use their audio talents to listen are just as intelligent as the people that use their audio and video and that you guys are going to get it just as much as the people that, that watch these people. Um, so anyway, I want to go ahead and, uh, and play these videos. And afterwards, we, I want to get into what a virus is, what a bacteria is, um, uh, virus, bacteria, uh, what a um, parasitical plasminid is. And um, because all those things figure into what we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, by the end of this, I think that a lot of you are going to be more informed if you're not informed about this already, because I know I've got a real smart listenership. And I just might be repeating what you know already, but you'll never know until I'm done talking, right? <laughs> so you got to listen um, or watch. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, there's something right on the first screen for the ivermectin. Um, that I want you to see, and um, and we'll we'll talk about more later, and we'll talk about the po politicalization of uh, of the anti-hydrochloroquine movement, and how just to save face and to actually well actually it's not to save face but it's to institute uh, genocide uh, amongst the American people and amongst the people around the world too, um, a mass genocide to to get rid of a a sizable amount of the population. I don't think it's going to be as large, you know, because there was there 7.5, 7.6 billion people right now. You know, if it took a billion people out, I'd be surprised, you know, that it'd be that many. But it just may. It just may because, you know, the little lemmings have been, and I'm sorry if you got it. Let me, let me, let me say something real quick. Um, if you're a believer in Yeshua or Jesus, and you felt pressured and you went and got the vaccine for whatever reason, whether it's you wanted to travel and see family, um, whether you wanted to uh, be able to get on a train, a plane, um, whether you felt like maybe it makes you feel safer or it makes you feel that you can be around other people and you won't be infecting them. Those are all interesting and good reasons to get it. Uh, travel to see family and friends. We're supposed to fellowship, right? The Lord commands us to fellowship. Um you're supposed to honor your mother and father. And if you don't go to see them from time to time, guilty as charged, um, you know, you're, you're disobeying one of the commandments. You're not honoring your parents. And um, so I understand if you took them, but there's a caveat too here in that the Lord said that no weapon formed against you will, pros will prosper. And he, he goes on in that scripture to say that this is the heritage of the children of God. Okay. When you become a believer in Yeshua, you become a new creature. Scripture says that. Okay, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. You actually get, I call them Jesus genes. Before we had Levi cords, now we have Jesus genes. Get it? <laughs> I actually did an article about that. Uh, there's a book on uh, delusionresistance.org that talks about uh, what, your, uh, what your new heritage is when you get saved. And uh, there's it's, it's quite deep. And it's, you know, I'm not trying to make myself look smart. That would be a very hard thing to do, um, but it's um, it's just something that he gave me. I didn't think about it. Uh, he gave it to me, and he said, pass this along to people, and that's what I'm doing. Okay, 
So anyway, if you took it, you know, I'm when I talk about lemmings and and you know, idiots and stuff that got it. I'm not referring to believers that got it because I know believers and believers got it because they, they love other people. Okay. They don't want to affect other people. They want to be able to visit loved ones and stuff like that. They didn't get it so that they can go to clubs and to the bar and, and, and things like that. I hope not anyway. Um, and all the selfish reasons that you could, you could have for, for getting the shot. Okay. Um, anyway, that having been said, um, I was going to talk about the lemmings that all followed each other off the cliff. Okay. The government said, you have to take this. It's good for you. We tell you it's good for you. Uh, much like Jim Jones told the, his followers that the Kool-Aid was good for them. And some of them kind of revolted and didn't want to take it. And those that did that were shot. So it was too late. Um, so anyway, um, if you got the shot and you got it for selfish reasons, well, uh, you might get the wages of a selfish person. But if you did it for altruistic reasons, because you love people and you want to be around people, um, I think that, you know, you, you've got a pass card on that. Okay. And Yahweh is, is basically promised that in the scripture. It doesn't mean that we should go out and live a riotous life and then think, okay, well, I've got to get out, get jail out, get out, get out of jail free card. It means that when we do things that maybe he doesn't want us to do, he's like, okay, well, you know, uh, I'm going to write this one off, you know, go back and on your way, your merry way and do it, do what you're supposed to do. So anyway, let's, um, I'm going to put my earphones on so I can listen to the, to this, um, these videos myself. And it kind of helps because if I hear it playing, then I, I kind of have the assurance that it's, you can hear it playing and, and that makes me feel better. So we're going to go ahead and do this. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of getting good at this, actually. So I'm going to hit this and then enlarge it. And then afterwards, we'll watch the other video with maybe a little comment in between the two. Um, and for those of you that have been writing me and complaining, all one of you, um, that the screen isn't big enough. Well, first of all, that's why people talk on videos so that you can hear what they're trying to show. And second of all, I've done my darndest to try to get this thing up and going for people that, you know, they can see everything they need to see. And if I don't have the technology to do it or the technology costs a lot of money to do it, well, just listen um, and let the person explain it to you because I'm not going to spend much money to, um, you know, to, to move things along, so to speak. So, okay, let's listen to this. I'll enlarge it and then we'll go from there. And I have also uh, starting them uh, after after the uh, commercials. Uh, one of them was funny. It was all in Japanese. And, and I, you know, maybe have one listener that's Japanese. Uh, but the other um, 3,100 would uh, not be able to understand. So anyway, here we go. Oh, it's going to give me ads anyway. Isn't that wonderful? Okay. Oxford University explores anti-parasitic drug ivermectin as COVID-19 treatment. Now, just a couple of months ago, or even literally a couple of weeks ago, if we had even put this up on the screen, we would have risked censorship and being thrown off of, of social media. But now it looks like over a year into this uh, so-called COVID pandemic, 
They're looking at ways of actually treating people rather than completely focused on the experimental injections. Uh, so the University of Oxford said Wednesday, which is today, it's, it's going to test ivermectin as a possible treatment. And this is because prior investigations, and this is the second paragraph, ivermectin resulted in a reduction of virus replication in laboratory studies, the university said. So it has promising uh, results, and they're going to look more deeply into it. But I think the big question that you would ask, Dr. Paul, is why now? How many unnecessarily, if it does play out, how many people died unnecessarily because of a political decision not to look at treatment? Too many. And there should be liability. And that's one of the principles of a free society is liability restrains people from taking too much risk and, and selling a bill of goods, you know. And uh, yet the, the, the vaccine companies <laughs> are protected against the liability. So it makes it, makes it uh, more difficult. But uh, when I was looking at this, I said, finally, finally, they're, they're look, looking into that. And uh, even even in the pre preliminary studies here, uh, they were said they were finding that uh, the zithromycin might not be as good as some people thought that was pro-ivermectin uh, and uh, hydroxychloroquine. And uh, so I think I think it's uh, let's, let's hope they're they're on the right track and give us some good information because it's such a shame. But once again, how do you have a right to use ivermectin? Yeah. Mectin? Yeah. But the government uh, it assumes this role of, of dictating the science, you know, yeah. of it all. Ah, interesting. Okay. How many are going to pass the test? Did you see that first screen? What did it say? Anti-parasitical or parasitical. Um, now, you could argue that a... Um, a virus is a parasite because it does have a host and it goes, but no, uh, -uh sorry. It, it doesn't fall into that classification um, for the purposes of what we're talking about. Um, there's a lot of things that are parasitical. You know, there's uh, uh, bacteria, there's plasminids, there's um, viruses, there's liberals. Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean to say that. Um, but uh, anyway, so, that was the first thing that we wanted, I wanted to see is that it's a parasite, okay? I think a parasite, I think about worms. Oh, I even don't like to think about that. Um, and other things that, uh, you know, in, in, invade the body and infest it. And, you know, when you get worms, you've got them until you kill them. You know, your body can't fight off worms. Um, and there are other things. See, lice is another thing. It has to be treated. And, and one of these drugs treats all these things, uh, the ivermectin does. Anyway, uh, I don't want to get too far into it because I'm going to be going over um, material twice. And and uh, believe me, I don't want to do that. So um, anyway, so ivermectin and antiparasitical. So, okay, now let's uh, jump ahead two screens. And let's look at this guy and see what he has to say about hydrochloroquine. Hydrochloroquine got a bad rap is the name of the video. Okay, here we go. Let's skip. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Let's talk about trusting the science again. And I want to talk about specifically hydrochloroquine because, man, if anything has gotten a bad rap, 
It's hydrochloroquine. Donald Trump suggested it, and everybody went crazy. Then, The Lancet published an article denouncing the use of hydrochloroquine. Does anybody know who the test group was they used to substantiate that report? Did anybody actually go to the document talking about the parameters of that study? If you go to that Lancet report, you've got to click about three levels in to get to the actual clinical study. And you'll find the people they were testing hydrochloroquine on were a couple hundred people over 50 with comorbidities who were already in the ICU. Mm. People that were already in the ICU. They've had COVID for weeks. These are the people they were testing hydrochloroquine on. And it failed. Because they were not following the Zelenko protocol, the therapeutic protocol for applying hydrochloroquine. In other words, you were gaslighted by the Lancet for political gain, basically. Hydrochloroquine should be applied in the first six days of symptoms. Within the first six days of COVID symptoms, you get sniffles, you get a fever. You should be able to talk to your doctor about prescribing hydrochloroquine. But no. They suppress this information, and as a result, many people have died needlessly. Anyone who suppressed this information to me ought to be guilty, or is guilty, of genocide. Bingo. In August of last year, another article came out that said hydrochloroquine is effective. Look it up. August 2020. Hydrochloroquine is an effective therapeutic for COVID-19, and nobody is talking about it. Everybody's talking about the vaccine, but you should not have to go to the hospital if only our doctors, quote-unquote, would prescribe hydrochloroquine and not let you go to the hospital. You know, I've said this a thousand times. We need to replace Anthony Fauci. Amen. And install a panel of five doctors who have a resume, a successful history of treating COVID patients and keeping them out of the hospital. Let's install a panel of five doctors with a success rate of keeping people out of the hospital with COVID. And let's get therapeutics back on the table and bring this country together. Okay, folks. Let me do this. There we go. So <clears throat> he's talking about hydrochloroquine that it works. That um, there were no, oh, there supposedly were studies, but nobody's seen the studies. Um, you know, he he did say he had to click in three or four pages because they basically buried the information. 
um, if there is any at all. He didn't really quite go in it after he hit the three or four clicks, what he found. And um, But I'm, I'm sure that it was redacted in, in a computer sort of fashion. And um, anyway, so uh, without further ado, okay, let's see. Okay, I want to go into, um, I've got it here somewhere. Bear with me, folks. Okay, let's go into the, the, well, there's actually four different mechanisms of infection, um, you know, that I know of. Um, There's viri or viruses. There's um, fungal infections. Uh, And fungal infections are hard to fight. There's bacterial and there's um, parasitical. And so let's look and see, um, what's the definition of a virus? Okay. And this is from Merriam-Webster. So it's, um, it's basically something that anybody, um, especially liberals would go to, to find, I, I want to find their stuff. And so that it can't be argued that I'm, I'm going to some weird website and finding stuff. And I would go to, um, the 1828 of Webster's, except I don't think it has viruses in there. <laughs> I don't think they knew them about them back then. Um, so definition of a virus, any of a large group of submicroscopic infectious agents that are usually regarded as non-living, extremely complex molecules. So see, they're not even alive. Okay. That typically contain a protein coat. Remember that they have a coat because I wanted to talk about that later. The, another form here surrounding an RNA or DNA core of genetic material, but no semi-permeable membrane. Semi-permeable means that it can something can go through it, okay? Permeable means that anything can go through it. Semi-permeable means that only certain things can go through it. Um, a sponge would be a, a good example of a semi-permeable membrane. Um, a, a cheesecloth would probably be more of a permeable membrane, okay? Um, Okay, so temporal membrane that are capable of growth and multiplication only in living cells and that cause various important diseases in humans, animals, and plants. Um, B of that is uh, that definition is disease or illness caused by a virus. C is the causative agent of an infectious disease. Um, then, then, interestingly enough, number two, something that poisons the mind or soul. Uh, like propaganda, maybe. Um, I'm not using that as a definition, but it's interesting that it's there. And, and the number three is talks about computer viruses, but number four is an archaic term for virus. It actually means venom, like snake venom or spider venom or anything that, you know, would go into the skin and cause damage to the, um, the subdermal um, tissues and, and move uh, throughout the body and possibly kill. Um, and that just reminds me of the, the uh, the COVID nineteen vaccine, it is in a sense a venom. Um, it's a long acting and um, time release. Let's put it that way, venom that will someday wreak havoc. Um, okay, so that gets rid of virus. Okay, now now I want to talk about um, yeah. Let's use malaria because malaria is a, a parasitic uh, disease. Okay, I want to do a little definition here, and then we're going to talk about this for a minute. Um, 
Filaria, an infectious disease caused by a protozoan, okay, remember that, a protozoan, uh, parasites from the Plasmodium family that can be transmitted by a bite of the Anopheles mosquito or by contaminated needle or transfusion. F uh, Falcaprian um, malaria is the most deadly type. And let's look at these symptoms, okay, because I think you're going to see, well, a lot of diseases uh, share um, side effects. And uh, But this is interesting. Um, and I'm going to put check or say check after each one that COVID. Okay. The symptoms of malaria include cycles of chills, check, fever, check, sweat, semi-check, muscle aches, yes, uh, this vaccine especially, um, and headache, yes, the vaccine, that reoccur every few days. But with, um, with the, the shot or with COVID, it's uh, basically, it runs its course, hopefully. Uh, there could also be vomiting, yes, check, diarrhea, check, coughing, check, and yellowing jaundice of the skin and eyes. That doesn't apply to COVID. Persons with severe um, malaria can um, develop bleeding problems and shock, kidney and liver failure, central nervous system problems, coma, and death. Okay, let's stop there. Um, we know that from, from watching the videos and, and listening to real doctors talk and real scientists that it does uh, COVID-19 and the injection, the, uh, the vaccination, uh, the mRNA vaccination, that is, do cause these things. They, they say that, um, scientists say that the spike proteins seek out everything and they multiply because they're going into the cells where they first are introduced to the body and they're, they're infecting the cells and then they're multiplying. So it might go into a cell um, and then replicate and then go into two cells and, you know, it, it can go crazy in the body. Um, okay. Uh, kidney and liver failure. So, you know, the spike proteins, and they're saying that the, the, the organs are just filled with the spike protein. Okay. Now bear in mind too, that uh, the liver eliminates toxins. So does the, the, so do the kidneys. Okay. You ever go see your doctor and he orders blood tests. A lot of times they, they do tests for kidney function and for liver function because those things are very important because if one of those things goes, you're in trouble. Um, if, the, if the kidneys go, you have to have your blood filtered every so often. And uh, if your liver goes, well, you know, so do you. Um, now, central nervous system problems, too. I've seen videos and and heard scientists talk about how it affects the nervous system, causing spasms and um, kind of like uh, epileptic seizures. Um, not epileptic seizure, but, you know, manifesting the same um, side effects. Um, coma and death, you know, they, we know that that happens, too. Uh, travelers to area and Larry are advised to take medications to prevent infection and exposed. Guess what one of those is? Hydrochloroquine. And chloroquine's another one or two or three other drugs, too. They use as prophylactics, uh, which means that if you are exposed to those mosquitoes, that you probably will not come down with the, the symptoms of malaria if you are to be bit by one of those mosquitoes. The treatment of malaria is with an oral or intravenous medications, including chloroquine, mefloquine, which is also called larium, or, oh, <laughs> atovaquone, um, forward slash proquinil, or malarone. Malaria transmission occurs primarily between dusk and dawn 
of the nocturnal feeding happens enough, leaves the mosquito. What should therefore take precaution? Okay. Let's see. And it says to use poison on your skin to keep them away. Um, among other names for malaria are agui, I believe, jungle fever, marsh or swamp fever, and plodism. Okay. So now malaria is treated again with uh, hydrochloroquine. All right. So, uh, and bear in mind, uh, we'll get to that in a few minutes, uh, but uh, here, I'll get to it right now, then I'll back it up with um, my reading something. But uh, when I was uh, started as a pharmacy technician back in the 90s, 1990s, um, I worked for a, a pharmacist, a nicest man in the world, Norm Johnson in Carmichael, California. I think he's passed away by now. Um Salt of the earth, the guy was. Um, he was from uh, North Dakota, I think. He said the, uh, the, the tallest tree in, in North Dakota was a telephone pole, <laughs> and that for the, the spiciest spice was ketchup. Uh, anyway, uh, just a really nice guy. And um, But he had another guy working for him, um, Morf, Morf, Orman Morford. And if he's still around, too, I'd really be surprised. I hope he is. He was a nice guy, too. But... Um, if you went to work and Orman Morford was there, we used to call him Morph. I'll do that from now on. Um, you know, if you had the sniffles or sneezed, man, right away he was giving you 10 days worth of amoxicillin. Um, no. Yeah, amoxicillin. Okay. I have to make sure there's so many antibiotics. Uh, thinking that maybe you were coming down with um, some kind of bacterial infection, um, but the bad thing is that it doesn't treat viruses. And most, most of the time you catch a cold or something, those are viri. Well, that's what they tell us. Anyway, I'm still really starting to reevaluate what we've been told over the years. Um, you know, just he would, he would do that. Well, if you have coming down with a virus and he's giving an antibiotic, it does squat. It doesn't do anything. As a matter of fact, it might be bad because it's kind of weakening your body a little bit. It, um, and, and it could cause the flu to be worse or it could cause other things to come in that, uh, that uh, the antibiotic does not uh, treat you for. So uh, anyway, so the thing to remember is antibiotics do not treat viruses and viral medications do not treat um, bacterial infections. And the drugs for malaria, which are um, antiparasitical, do not treat, for the most part, bacteria or viruses. They each have their own little job to do. It's like uh, being on a, a, a construction job and you have an electrician, a plumber, and a carpenter. Okay, the carpenter works with wood for the most part. Uh, the electrician works with electricity. The plumber works with, um, with, with plumbing and water, you know, water and uh, waste. Uh, each of them has a specific job to do, and they really don't cross paths, so to speak. And... Um, so that's a good analogy to remember that these things do not work for, for other mal maladies that might come along. Okay, so now we figure out about marijuana. <laughs> I must say marijuana. Malaria. All right. Now, let's get into bacteria. <laughs> not literally. Um, so bacteria are treated by, with um, antibiotics, and we all... Most of us, I would say, but 99% have been on an antibiotic at least once in our life. 
um, it's important to remember that uh, there are different kinds of antibiotics. There's bacteriostatic, uh, which means that they, they create an environment for the, the, um, the bacteria that the bacteria does not like, and the bacteria will go away or it'll die uh, because it, it can't eat food. It's kind of like trying to eat food when you're nauseous. You avoid it. Well, bacteria avoid you when you're taking it. If that's the way you kill the bacteria or get rid of it. Then there's bacteriocidal, which you, you think of suicide or homicide. Um, that's death. Okay. So it actually goes in and kills the, uh, the bacteria. Uh, basically, those are the two kinds. Okay. And then they're, they're broken down. There's your, your penicillins. There's your erythromycins. Um, the quinolones are another one that, that are pretty good. Um, um, oh, goodness. Erythromycins, uh, which um, uh, Zithromax um, is. And Zithromax is uh, being touted as uh, in a cocktail with uh, hydrochloroquine. And we'll explain that in a minute, why, why that may work. Um, anyway, so we've had the, the parasites, the viruses, and... Um, the uh, bacteria, and I don't, we're not going to go into the fungal because I really don't think that that applies uh, with COVID-19. Although, you know, if it weakens your system enough, it could leave you, leave you open to fungal infections. Um, ladies, you've probably had yeast infections. Um, if you haven't, God bless you. Um, you know, there, there are infections that way. Um, there's athlete's foot. Um and stuff like that. So, you know, everybody here, I'm sure, is familiar with some kind of uh, fungal infection. Um, anyway, so that takes care of the bacteria. So now where is it? Uh, comorbidity, um, I mentioned that word earlier. Um, it's defined by, um, hmm, I guess it's a Google dictionary, but I read it. It's basically the right definition. The simultaneous presence of two or more diseases or medical conditions in a patient. A disease or medical condition that is simultaneously present with another um, or others in a patient, okay? Um, when I think about that, I think of AIDS. A person can get AIDS. Now, it's a viral infection, okay? And so that, that's a virus working on you, okay? There's no doubt about that. I do believe there are viruses, but when where COVID-19 is concerned, I really got my doubts, Um and there are other things I have my doubts with, too. Um, but anyway, uh, who am I? <laughs> but um, anyway, um, so a person acquires, um, well, they acquire HIV, and sometimes that can be put into, um, uh, you know, it's where it doesn't um, manifest, and, and it can be cured real easy at that stage. Uh, and then other times it, it turns into full-blown AIDS, um, which is, for the most part, deadly, although people are living longer and longer with antiviral drugs that they're, they've come out with, some very exotic antiviral drugs. And uh, But comorbidity would be akin to, or is with uh, AIDS patients, uh, sometimes they get Carposi sarcoma, which is basically a tumor um, that infects your skin. Or there's another one, uh, there's a, a pneumonia, uh, that a lot of AIDS patients get. And I do believe that that is a bacterial pneumonia. So you have a virus that's weakening the immune system. And because it's weak, this bacteria comes in and takes over and gives pneumonia. 
or or with the case of Carpos, Carposi sarcoma, um, what happens is that the body's weakened and uh, the person probably has some kind of predisposition towards um, to getting uh, some kind of cancer and it would be held back in a healthy person, but in somebody that's really infected and has a uh, vastly diminished immune system, um, they're, they're capable of catching in just about anything that comes along. That's why a lot of times with uh, AIDS patients, I know that uh, when, when they would come into the hospital and stuff like that, um, when a, something would go through the hospital, I usually had to keep them away from, you know, keep them in a room and stuff for a while um, until that thing passed and uh, they were no longer a danger. Okay, so we divide define comorbidity as uh, somebody that has one disease and another disease has an opportunity to take its hold and does, therefore. Now, for the most part, bacteria can be uh, overcome. They can be killed or, or dissuaded, so to speak, or starved to death, basically. Um, you know, they, they die on their own instead of being um, killed by the bacteria. Um, bactericides and uh but there are another uh group of uh endos they're called endospores and um they're a really nasty bacteria because what they do is they develop a shell around them which makes them almost impenetrable uh tuberculosis um if it's been encapsulated is one of them okay um some people that were exposed to uh, tuberculosis never really had the blown you know full-blown um infection but they um, they have these encapsulated bacteria in them to where they, it's possible that uh, someday in the future they could become active and give them full blown um, tuberculosis. That's a nasty a nasty uh, disease, by the way. Um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read this. I found this in um, Wikipedia, but it's it's pretty right on when it's talking about this. Um, let's see, some genera of gram positive bacteria such as Bacillus. Here's another one, Clostridium. Um, if you've ever heard of C. diff, uh, an infection of the um, intestines, which is really nasty. Um, and it could basically be uh, come under control, but uh, not, not really much uh, more you can do. Um, uh, Sporohelobacter, um, Anaerobacter, and Heliobacterium can form resistant highly resistant dormant structures called endospores. Endospores develop within the cytoplasm of the cell. Uh, cytoplasm is the inside uh, gooey stuff inside the cell. Generally in a single endos endospore develops in each cell. Um, each endospore contains a core of DNA or and ribosomes. <laughs> Interesting. Um, with an MDRA vaccine an mRNA rather, um, wonder how that factors in. Anyway, um, surrounded by a cortex layer protected by multi-layer rigid coat composed of um, peptoglycan cytoplasm, well, peptoglycan um, and various pro other proteins. Endospores show no detectable metabolism and can survive extreme physical and chemical stresses such as high levels of UV light, gamma radiation, detergents, disinfectants, heat, freezing, pressure, and desiccation. Now, let's back up for a second here. Um, the press, when, when Trump was president, the press um, continued to make asses out of themselves, but they did it by trying to make uh, Trump look like an ass. 
Uh, remember Trump said that uh, light could heal um, COVID-19? There is some evidence that uh, light can affect um, bacteria, for the most part, in a positive way. If it's sunlight, remember he talked about getting out in the sun and sitting out in the sun and, and stuff like that? Well, he wasn't crazy. It's uh, They do use UV light. Uh, there's uh, one process I, I read about where they actually take the blood of a person and pass it through some kind of tubing or something and shine ultraviolet light on it, and it kills the bacteria in the blood. Um, I'm not making it up. It's true. Okay. Uh, it continues. In this uh, dormant state, these organisms may remain viable for, mil- for millions of years. That's scary. Um, and endospores even allow bacteria to survive exposure to the vacuum and radiation of space. Possibly bacteria could be disputed, distributed throughout the universe. Uh, they're getting into the to that. Okay, we'll skip that. Endospore-forming bacteria can also cause, cause disease. For example, anthrax can be contracted by the inhalation of bacillus anthracis uh, endospores and contamination of deep puncture wounds with clostridium tetany uh, endospores cause tetanus which, like botulism, is caused by a toxin released by the bacteria that grow from the spores. Let's see. Okay, and it's a clostridium, oh, man, clostridios um, anthracis. Oh, a diffid, oh, all right. Clostridios um, difficile uh, infection, where a problem with healthcare settings is also caused by spore forming bacteria, that's a bacteria infection of the um, the intestines, and it's really nasty. Um, my dad, when he was when he was dying, he was in um, ICU for, seemed like forever, and uh, he developed, oh, he got all sorts of things because he had a diminished immune system. So he got uh, a herpes infection in his eye. Oh, talk about looking weird. Um, and then he uh, also had, uh, they called it vancomycin-resistant enterococci, which is VRE. Um, he had contracted that, and they were treating him for that, too. So, yeah, he was a real mess, but he, he's with the Lord now, and that's all that matters, I guess. Um, that's another story for another day. So we see that some bacteria are really nasty and uh, that uh, they're really hard to get rid of if they can be gotten rid of at all. Um, when they get into that encapsulated mode like TB and stuff, they just hang out. And uh, hopefully the immune, immune system stays strong and uh, can keep them that way. Uh, these things often wait for a, a situation or a time when the person is uh, immune compromised, and then this they take over, and uh, it's, that's a, a pretty nasty thing. So, okay, so that takes care of bacteria, and it takes care of the serious kinds of bacteria, the real serious, that they're all serious. Um Okay, so we looked at the videos. Okay. Okay, and again, malaria is a serious and sometimes fatal disease caused by a parasite that commonly affects certain types of mosquitoes, which feeds on humans. Okay, so it's a parasite. Okay, and what other drug takes care of parasites? Well, you got the ivermectin, which takes care of worms and other things. And um, I want to go into this a little more. So let me see. And get rid of that. Um, a, a little further here. Let's see. Um, Plasmodium uh, falciparium 
can't believe I said that, is a unicellular protozoan. Remember what protozoans were if you were in science class in, in high school? I don't even know if they teach that anymore, so the younger people may not even know what I'm talking about. But we, we studied back, we st- studied like amoeba, we studied bacteria, uh, we studied protozoans. Um, protozoans are basically a more, a more tough, well, to me, this is the way I describe it, a more tough bacteria. And a lot of them have flagellum on the, uh, on the backsides of them or along the side. It helps them to get around. They're kind of like a super bacteria. Um, let's see. All right. Well, that basically, that's what I wanted to emphasize in this is that, um, it's a protozoan and protozoans often, um, cause problems. I know that they're, uh, you've heard of brain eating, um, amoeba. I don't know if amoeba are protozoans. Um, I really don't remember that much. It's, I mean, science classes, how many years ago? And even the nursing classes were quite a few years ago. So, um, but you could look that up if it interests you. Okay. So, a little more about endospores. Um, Definition, uh, endospores are non-reproductive structures that develop inside bacteria. Spore-forming bacteria are tough. These species, which include Bacillus, um, Clostridiodes, and Clostridium, can surround themselves with a durable coat of protein that allows them to survive in hostile environmental conditions. As spores, bacteria can remain dormant for years, protected from chemical and heat stresses. Um, scope of the problem, in combating Clostridium difficile, or C. diff, that's what we called it in the hospital, not only are strains of bacteria becoming antibiotic resistant, the spores themselves are resistant to many of the disinfectant uh, products. Uh, C. diff infections can create a frustrating and complex challenge for healthcare facilities. Uh, patients who are admitted for one problem and receive antibiotic treatment can, in turn, become a greater risk for infection by other pathogens they come into contact with. Today's approximately 80% of C. diff infections remains uh, infections remain healthcare-associated in other words, they pick it up at the hospital uh, with the majority of impacting patients in the expanding population of people over the age of 60. Do, do, do. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, David. <laughs> um, now, I remember, you know, when they, when they come in with C. diff, uh, they're usually moved into a room by themselves. You got to go in with um, all different kinds of masks and, and gloves and um, all kinds of uh, equipment. Because uh, you don't want to be spreading that stuff around, but it, it happens to get around anyway. Uh, no matter how much you try to, just like uh, COVID, you know, you can wear 15 masks and people are still going to get it from other people. Okay, so I can close that tab. Yeah, hey, we're getting down to the wire here. Okay, now I want to talk about Zithromax because it's the antibiotic that's used along with uh, hydrochloroquine to um, to heal people. Um, who are coming down with uh, COVID-19. Now, remember what the, that one guy said. He said, you have to start treating them um, right away when the first symptoms start. Now, there have been um, drugs that have been around for a while. <clears throat> you probably heard of Tamiflu. It's given to people that are, you know, at risk to begin with when they come down with the flu. And it really does a good job at, um, at uh, killing whatever it is that gives you the flu, normally people would say virus. I don't even know anymore. Um, science is totally 
gotten rid of my um, trust <laughs> uh, by what they've done. So um, I think I just have to investigate things on my own and not totally agree with science or, or listen to their propaganda. Um, so Tamiflu is one of them. It has to be started right when you like if the flu's going around <clears throat> and all of a sudden you feel like you're getting it. That's when you go to the doctor or call them up and say, can I have a prescription for ant- uh, Tamiflu? Now, there's a drug that's been around for years. It's called Symmetrel. Um, and it's been shown to have some property, antiviral properties, too, um, which is interesting. It's, it's used for something else. What that something else is, I can't remember. But drugs like that, are it's called off-label use, okay? Uh, the DEA, or excuse me, not the DEA, um, the FDA has not classified it to treat the flu, but um, it just happens to, okay? All right. So let's see. Let's get rid of that. Oh, no, not, not even close. Okay. Okay. It's used for a uh, community-acquired pneumonia. By the way, I've had this uh, antibiotic a couple times. I remember one time there was something going around, and I picked it up. I don't know what it was. It was nasty. And, um, I mean, you know, my body was making copious amounts of uh, gross fluids. And um, so the doctor gave everybody else that I knew, you know, various doctors, of course, but um, Zithromax or Zithromycin. And my doctor gave me, uh, what did he give me? Um, amoxicillin. That's back when I could still take amoxicillin. I can't take it anymore. But, um, and, and basically, the, while the, what was going around was a, a virus, um, uh, some of the complications that came up with it were bacterial. So this was a, a use that was sanctioned um, of using two different, or actually using an antibiotic to treat the symptoms uh, or the uh, comorbidity, basically, of uh, things that came in after the virus had taken over. Um, okay, so community-acquired pneumonia, uh, pharyngitis or tonsillitis, uncomplicated skin or skin structure, Acute bacterial exacerbations of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, um, actual or excuse me, acute bacterial sinitis, genital ulcer uh, disease or cancroid, uh, uh, non-gonococcal or gonococcal erythritis and cervicitis, pelvic inflammatory disease, cor- coronavirus disease 2019. Off label. Remember what I said? It's uh, it's the drug is used for something. It happens to work for it, but it's not indicated for that. Okay, these are all off like cat scratch disease. Off label, pertussis or whooping cough. Off label, endocarditis. Now, so we have coronavirus. Then we have endocarditis. Remember what disease or what um, infection uh, COVID is creating in young people? Pericarditis and endocarditis. Endocarditis is an inflammation of the uh, heart muscle, actually, and uh, pericarditis is uh, inflammation of uh, the sac that surrounds the heart, okay? Interesting that it's used for endocarditis. Endocarditis, I don't think, is viral. It's bacterial. Hmm, interesting. Um, Let's see. Okay, so that's basically it. That's the disease it takes care of. But it takes care of COVID-19, and I think it does it by... Um, ridding the body of endocarditis, pericarditis, and certain pneumonias, too. Uh, we have to go into the mechanism that happens when a person comes down with uh, COVID-19. It's it's a nasty, nasty infection. Um, but there's more evidence coming in that um, 
it's uh, it's affecting the blood system to where it's uh, it's causing blood clots. And uh, that's not good because you can get a stroke or, you can, you know, you can get a heart attack real easy if you're prone to that, especially. Um, so it's, it's a really nasty infection. COVID-19 is that it causes a lot of problems. But um, now remember when uh, President Trump and I and I use that word like he's still president because he should be. Um, and he is as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, man, he, he came out with it one day. He says hydrochloroquine with azithromycin is the way to go. Boy, you know, they beat down his door, basically. You know, you can't say that. That's not true. There's no evidence. Well, the evidence is that people are getting better when they're on it, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Again, that's one of those things where, you know, you're looking at something square in the face and they're saying that it's something different. Like we talked, I talked about at the beginning. Um, and Trump even said one day, I was watching him and he says, boy, he says, I wish I would have known that that was going to happen. I would have said that hydrochloroquine was the worst thing that they could possibly use. And then everybody would have said, hey, you need to use it. See, he knows what's going on. <laughs> okay, so that's azithromycin or Zithromax, a very good antibiotic. Um, like I said, I've had it a couple times, and when I've had something, it really clears it right up. Usually take for two tablets the first day and then one tablet every day for five days, um, 250 or 500 milligrams. Um, anyway, okay, now let's see. I read about the endospores. <laughs> Now, ivermectin, okay, things it's used for, oh, my goodness, strongylold lysis of the intestinal tract. Don't ask me what it is. I don't know. Uh, river blindness, that's interesting. Now, those two are the um, are two labeled uses for it, and those two things are both caused by parasites. Interesting. Now, things that are off-label, head lice, uh, pediculosis capitis, capitis basically meaning the cap or the top, um, so head lice, Um, blepharitis, which is um, a uh, a parasitical infection of the eye, Um, philolasis due to mansonella ozard. Or Zardal. It's, I don't even know what that is, but it's um, all these things are um, parasitical in nature. Um, scabies due to scabotis uh, scable. Um, nathostoma uh, spinlegerum. Man, I feel like I'm in a Latin class. Um, another uh, two more things there that are um, now the scabies um, are a um, a parasite, and scabies go under the skin, and um, so it kills the scabies. And uh, other things that are used for it, I swear I can see it. Yeah, it says monitor stool stool exams. So it is used for worms, too, when people have uh, roundworms or pinworms or something like that. So um, I can't even fathom having those things in my body. Um for kids now, it's, uh, it's also for river blindness and another thing that I mentioned. I'm not even going to try to say it. I said it once, and that's all that matters. Um, okay, so that's ivermectin. Again, that's uh, anti-parasitical, and so is um, hydrochloroquine. Yeah, interesting. So part of COVID-19 has to be parasitical, wouldn't you think? 
Okay, now let's go to hydrochloroquine. Okay. All right. Okay, it's indicated for suppressive treatment and treatment of acute attacks of malaria uh, due to what causes malaria <laughs> and susceptible strains of um, something else that causes malaria. Um, not effective against chloroquine resistant strains. Yeah, because hydrochloroquine is a basically a, either a parent or a, um, a child of uh, chloroquine. Um, non effect, non FDA approved uses, and we're going to go into these. Okay, the first one is Q fever in combination with an antibi antibiotic. Interesting, Q fever is a um, is a parasite. So you got a parasite and you're using an antibiotic, just like COVID-19. Isn't that interesting? And the next one on the list is COVID-19. SARS-CoV-2, uh, minimal, low quantity evidence. Uh, yeah, because you won't use it. <laughs> of course, there's going to be low quality of evidence. Um, but those people that are, are living today because they took this cocktail uh, will, will testify that it works. Okay, coronavirus, so I read that. Um, Whipple's disease in combination with an antibiotic, another parasitical um, a condition that's treatable with hydrochloroquine and an antibiotic. Um, brucella in combination with an antibiotic, again. Okay, so don't try to tell me that uh, it's not good for COVID-19 because it's, it's worked for COVID-19. And um, and that should be all the evidence that you need. You know, when a person's dying, they should, or you know, if they come down with COVID nineteen and it's such a bad thing, they should be given a choice of what they want to do. You know, a woman can run into an abortion clinic and yell, "My body, my choice," right? And you got to treat her with kit gloves and allow her to kill her child. And if that offends anybody, I'm sorry, but that's what happens. Um, it, it's infanticide, basically. Um, but a person gets COVID-19 and they say, hey, I'd really like to try the cocktail, you know, of uh, hydrochloroquine and azithromycin. No, you can't do it. There's no, there's no, there's no proof that it does anything. Well, you know what? If I'm going to die from this thing, let me make the choice. Or if I'm going to become so sick that I'm, it's going to affect me for years, if not the rest of my life, let me make the choice. My body, my choice. If a pregnant woman can do it to get an abortion, then um, everybody should be able to do it. Okay. Now, hydrochloroquine is also used. I'm going down the, the, the list here. Um, adult renal dosing. Uh, for people with dialysis, um, Sometimes they have to have special doses. That's what I was reading. Okay, COVID-19, malaria. It's talking about, <clears throat> okay, adverse drug reactions. Okay, long-term hydrochloroquine is contraindicated in patients with pre-existing uh, retinopathy, which is, uh, you know, death of the or destruction of the retina in the eye, uh, known as, uh, let's see, uh, retinopathy of the eye or known hypersensitivity to um, aminoquinolone uh, compounds and uh, children less than six years. You know what? There is there is something you could do. Um, 
go to the store and get seltzer water because well, seltzer water has quinine in it. Quinine for years was worked at, was uh, used in for malaria. So um, I should I think we'll go to the store tomorrow and I'll pick up a few uh, liters of uh, quinine water. So okay, um, adverse drug reaction or excuse me, uh, reactions from the drug headache. Okay, all drugs can cause a headache. Gastrointestinal complaints, the diarrhea. Um, most drugs will have either diarrhea or constipation. Uh, blurring of the vision due to disturbance of accommodation, reversible and dose dependent. Um, in other words, um, you can get blurry eyes and depending on the dose, it could be better or worse. Uh, skin rash or pruritus, that is always uh, in every list of every drug. Uh, occasional dizziness, abnormal liver function tests, sensory motor disorders, uh, nervousness. Um, this one is, I think, is the one that they were saying that um, was they had some concern over. And a lot of drugs have this, okay? Hydrochloroquine can prolong the PR, QR, or QS. <laughs> I feel like I'm reading a um, LGBT thing here. Um, can prolong the PR comma, QRS, and QTC intervals, especially in patients underlying risk factors or use in combination with other QT-prolonging drugs. Um, I take two drugs that are QT-prolonging, but you know what? If I had, if I came down with COVID, I'd say, you know what? If it's going to kill me, why, what's the risk, you know? Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, rare, uh, rare occurrences of side effects. Cardiomyopathy has been rarely reported with high daily doses of hydrochloroquine. Again, if you were taking it for COVID-19, it would be three or four days, right? Severe hypoglycemia, that's nasty. Um, but, you know, just eat more sugar. Bone marrow suppression, but these are extremely rare, okay? Uh, fulminant hepatic failure, extraperitoneal reactions, um, often seen with a lot of um, psychotropic drugs. Suicidal behavior, all these things, you could look at every drug that's out there and um, and see that there are side effects similar to this. Um, it does it, it does interact with um, with many drugs. The only one that I can see, let's see. Okay, drugs for hypoglycemia and acids may reduce the absorption of it. Okay, that's normal. Uh, Cimetidine, which is tagament, which is used for um, uh, GERD, a lot of acid in the stomach, uh, that can inhibit the metabolism, okay, because it's killing the acid in the stomach, and it doesn't, okay, makes sense. Um, now, digoxin, that's in, really important because that's used for um, uh, CHF, and it's used for people that have AFib, and uh, it may increase the and it, Digoxin has a very narrow um, therapeutic level. In other words, very little, uh, very little difference between it's not doing enough and it's doing too much. And then a few rabies vaccine. That's interesting. Okay. Anyway, so hydrochloroquine. We've seen that. Um, now I went into some of the other things that it it, it uh, listed here, like Q fever, um, Whipple's disease, and Brucella, and I just you know, to keep things kosher, I wanted to um, just go ahead and explain what some of these things are. Okay. So, Brucella species, uh, 
aerobic, um, intracellular gram-negative um, cacobacilli causing uh, brucellosis uh, grows in a variety of media, usually within 24 hours of inoculation. Um, let's see. Now this, okay. Most human disease due to be abortus. And, okay. Anyway, so it's um, it's a bacterial infection. But there there is a – when it comes to bacteria and um, – and parasitical infections, there is a, a fine line. Because when you think about it, bacteria are parasitical, especially if they're bad bacteria, right? Um, but most of the time, it's just a bacterial infection because they, they grow and they, they infect the body. Um, whereas um, things like malaria, um, they specifically get into the body and mess things up. Now, what's real interesting is that uh, especially with malaria, uh, malaria gets into the blood. It, it releases a um, parasite into the blood. And if you look at the blood cells of people that have malaria, the blood, the red blood cells are, they're not normal. Usually the blood cells are very beautiful. They're, they're perfectly round or close to perfectly round with a kind of a pink, well, they're stained, uh, kind of a pink on the outside and then a dark red on the center, which is the dark red is where the, um, the iron basically and, and the oxygen are, are brought to the cells uh, through the through the blood cells using that mechanism. But um, when when a person has a blood disorder like um, <clears throat> leukemia is one. Um, let's see. Uh, my uncle Bill had um, Mediterranean anemia, which is a lot like sickle cell. Sickle cell is another one. Okay. Um, and and I was looking at. Um, some cells, some blood cells that were, um, there was a doctor that was being interviewed and she was showing blood of a person that received the vaccine of all things and um, the COVID-19 vaccine. And normal blood is, like I said, it's very beautiful and it's, it's interdispersed within the the plasma very beautifully. Actually the body, the Lord really did a good job making everything, but um, the blood cells are fantastic. Anyway, um, the people that got the vaccine and probably the people that had COVID originally, um, the, um, the blood cells are a mess. They're, they're ragged around the edges. They're darker. They look like they're dying. And that would make a lot of sense because if the protein is going in there and it's infesting the, the liver, the spleen, and the kidneys, then, yeah, there's no way to get rid of the toxins. And, yeah, it's going to eventually cause these things that are basically dead now or dying and can't be eliminated to gather up in the blood in the blood vessels and, and cause some um, emboli and um, uh, clogged arteries basically and um, and strokes and heart attacks. So you know when you look at the the whole construction of what's going on with the body with with COVID nineteen and with the vaccines, it's um, basically it's it's a clog it's clogged up. Um, water lines, it's clogged up um, sewer lines and everything else. And, you know, looking at it from a plumbing perspective, and it makes sense how, you know, that looking at it that way, how how the mechanism works. Um, it's truly wonderful, actually, to be able to see the body as a plumbing system, an electrical system, and a, uh, a data system. Now, the other, uh, the... Uh, Trophermia uh, whippoli. Um, let's see. 
Oh, that's interesting. It's an RDNA sequencing thing um, detected in multiple environmental samples, including soil and sewage, considered ubiquitous. Um, it's a fastidious organism. Its 0.25 micron rods may appear gram positive upon staining. Um, you ever hear about gram positive and gram negative? What they do is they stain the, the blood and um, or the or the bacteria. And if they take a stain, then they're gram positive. If they don't, they're gram negative. That's what that means. Um, so um, let's see. I'm trying to figure out here. So it looks like it's a um, it's a it's a parasitical infection because it comes in the soil and sewerage. Okay, now that takes care of that one. Then there was another one on there, and I'm, I'm doing all this for a reason. Okay, um, and you'll see what that is. And I'm I got a little statement that I'm going to read, and uh, let's see where I'm going with this. Okay, um, now another thing that. Uh, People that are treated with um, hydrochloroquine for the for these things, uh, Coxilia bernetti. Well, that sounds like an Italian name. Yeah, I went to school with Coxilia bernetti. Uh, just kidding. Um, small obligate intracellular gram-negative bacillus infects mononuclear cells predominantly, plus others excreted from feces, urine and milk of infected animals. Organisms are hardy, can survive in the environment as resistant to heat, desiccation, and often disinfectants. That's interesting. It almost sounds like it's um, it's got that sheath around it like those other bacteria do. Okay. So it looks like um, hydrochloroquine has antibacterial and antiparasitical features to it. Interesting. Um, okay, so where am I going with this? All right, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Um, for the uh, description um, of this um, this radio show, I, I, I wrote down COVID-19 is a unique bioweapon manufactured to cause lingering death to people with existing conditions, comorbidity. Um, the virus causes people to get existing conditions after which it kills with comorbidity. Uh, the fact that the CDC and the WHO said that it would, would affect the elderly wasn't by chance. The baby boomers, most, mostly conservative, because a lot of us are, um, and are, because we're older and we've learned lessons, except there are some people that can't learn lessons, and those are called liberals. Um, the baby boomers are mostly conservative or older with more health problems, thus they're easier to kill. And when old people die, it's normal, right? Um, even if you're killed, it's still death, and I don't know. Simply put, you do not treat a virus with antibiotics, and you do not treat bacterial infections with antiviral medications. Yet ivermectin, an antiparasitical, treats the disease and also with and also zithromax, an antibiotic, and hydrochloroquine, an, an antiparasitic, seem to cure the infection. And we looked at why. Um, now with with COVID nineteen and um, well here let me read the. Uh, I wrote down some notes. And we talked about the comorbidity and I use the example of AIDS and pneumonia. I, we expl I explained that ivermectin is an antiparasitic. 
Hydrochloroquine is an antiplasmatic, <clears throat> and protozoa are parasites. Malaria is a parasite. Um, zithromycin is a strong antibiotic, and, and, and people with COVID now are getting endocarditis, pericarditis, and we saw that that drug takes care of those, right? Uh, lung capillaries overload leading to pneumonia. They often thought, and, and still they're putting people on ventilators. And if, if you catch this, do not let them put you on a ventilator, okay? If you got to claw your way out of the hospital, do not let them do that because it's not a, um, it's not a respiratory problem. It's a blood problem, um, especially in the lungs. If you know the structure of lungs, if you don't, um, you have you take in oxygen and there's an exchange in your lungs that your body accepts the oxygen and it in return it excretes or you you respire or breathe out uh, co2 okay you also breathe out other things like um, uh, if you're too acid you you breathe out um, acid and if you're too alkaline you breathe out the alkaline it's that your body's one of the features that it uses to get rid of those things um, but um, in your so the exchange happens in something called capillaries in the lungs. Um, that's where the oxygenated blood goes in, and the um, the waste uh, the waste blood goes in, and, it, and it's it's taken up into the lungs and it's it excreted out when you breathe when you breathe out. Um, and that's what respiration is. And uh, but what happens with those capillaries are so small, and in general the um, the veins and arteries in your lungs are small too, or that go to your lungs, um, except for the major ones, of course. But um, and being so small, when those funky blood red blood cells are in there and they're they're congregating and and populating like crazy, um, they cause clogs. And so they found out, and I don't know why. They're still using respirators. They found out that it's not really a respiratory problem. It's a blood problem. It's a blood clotting problem. The blood clots are in the lungs. And what they need to do is they need to hit the people up with blood thinners or something that would help them to to um, to dissolve the clots, you know, something like heparin or um, Lovenox or something like that. Um, but as a rule, they're not doing that. They're, they're intubating people left and right. and It's killing people. Please, please, if you go into the ICU with COVID-19, do not let them put that tube down you. You know, you can do breathing exercises. You can um, try to breathe in as far as possible and try to breathe out as hard as possible. And that's actually exercising your lungs. I, when I catch a flu or bronchitis, I do that constantly. I'm constantly trying to work that stuff up out of my, my lungs and my windpipe. And it works. Uh, I mean, you can drastically do overdo it. Um, you know, you got to use your head and not do it too much, but uh, it works. It exercises the lungs. And when you move those lungs, my theory is, my opinion, is that when you move your lungs like that, it just shakes things up and things might become loose before they get too bad and, and cause a lot of problems. Uh, pulmonary embolus is a terrible thing. Um, when you get a, when you get um, blood clots, they either go to the lungs or they go to the brain. And... Uh, they can go to other places like a deep vein thrombosis down on the legs or in the arms, but uh, those can be treated really well. Um, anyway, so Zithromax, uh, ultraviolet light kills endospores, uh, a lot of them anyway. And if this is an endospore, that's one way to get rid of it. I don't think it's an endospore, though. 
I think um, the theory that I have is the parasite enters the body, parasite weakens the body that's fighting it. Uh, a weak body is prone to get bacterial infections, and that's your comorbidity. Uh, the vaccine, with the vaccine, spike, spike proteins weaken the body, causing it to produce vast amounts of antigens. Um, those are special blood cells that um, go into the blood and try to surround these things and, and to kill them. Uh, the body might see the infected cells as the invader. I think that happens a lot, thus promoting autoimmune disease as uh, the body attacks itself. The body becomes weakened, thus it's susceptible to variants of COVID-19. This is why vaccinated people come down with the breakthrough COVID much easier. Toxins from COVID infection, which are bacterial or parasitical, enter the blood. The blood cannot be cleaned because the liver, kidney, and other organs are saturated with spike proteins and are damaged. Again, the body could recognize the organs as an invader and attack them too. Okay, so... I think what we're seeing or we'll see in the future is, like I said, is a vast um, um, a time when there'll be um, a vast uh, autoimmune response in many, many people. And uh, when I think of autoimmune, I think of, um, oh, what is it, rheumatoid arthritis. Um, but they say that they, they are the same people that are saying that. COVID-19 is a virus and that um, it's deadly, where it's got a survival rate of over 99%. Um, but, um, yeah, anyway, I lost where I was going there. Um, anyway, this this whole thing was manufactured in China. It was manufactured with money from Bill Gates, with direction from Bill Gates and, and Anthony Fauci and others. Um it's it's funny that Anthony Fauci, uh, if I remember correctly, he was um, he had invested in a company that makes masks, and um, yeah, you know that says a lot right there. You know, you add add it up and you'll get you get the right equation and the right uh, sum. But um, anyway, so this thing is a bioweapon. It was it was made to COVID nineteen was made to. Uh, to kill a lot of people, uh, why it hasn't, you know, the, the actual disease. I mean, it's killed a few people, but not what they expected. Um, the, the, uh, the vaccination is what's really messing people up because it's turned the body into a, um, autoimmune factory basically. And, uh, down the road, it's not going to be a pretty site. Um, what we need to do is, um, is to pray for people that have gotten this vaccine. I, I mean, I see liberals as being my enemy, but at the same time, we're supposed to pray for our enemies, right? Um, I don't like, I don't like seeing death in anybody, you know, or the death of anybody. It's, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous. You know, um, as an aside to that, um, I, I really like to listen to civil war music and the March, civil war marching music and stuff like that. I think it's, it's interesting and fascinating. And, and I was reflecting on the civil war the other day and, you know, there were many causes of the Civil War. One of them was slavery. The other one was states' rights. And there, there were like three or four more that I can't remember right now. But um, to think of half a million men dying, brother against brother, and everything else is, it's sad. It really is. And But I see the, the seeds of another Civil War coming upon us. 
And it's not necessarily necessarily brother against brother. It's neighbor against neighbor. It's class against class. It's race against race. And um, it's just really nasty what's going on out there. Um, We um, have a daughter in Israel. And uh, she told us the other day that the... um, I think it's the uh, the new prime minister here said that if you don't take the uh, the COVID nineteen shot, the mRNA shot, that you're an enemy of the state. Um, that's this is how serious it's getting to be, folks. It's uh, there's an insanity out there um, amongst a lot of people. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a um, conspiracy out there, a valid conspiracy uh, to kill off a bunch of people, but um, there there are people that are that fell for this left and right. And um, it's just sad to watch. It really is. So I'm seeing parallels to the Civil War. I'm seeing parallels to Nazi Germany in the 1930s, um, parallels to the um, the communist takeover of Russia, which became the Soviet Union and is Russia again. Um, I see it, a lot of parallels in what's happening in China. You know, um, China and man, we got countries over in um, uh, France is a big one. Uh, expect the French French to do weird things, but um, they're they're talking about the passports now, the green passports. Um, sounds like it's going to become a reality in France. And you know, the people are pushing back like crazy. France, Germany, England, um, some of the littler countries in um, in Europe, people are getting out in the street and they're saying, "No, we will not have this." Um, whether they'll be successful or not, I hope so. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're dealing with a new world order. It's a vast conspiracy. It's a, it's a, it's been, you know, planned for decades or, or centuries even, you know, probably for a good 200, 300 years. This has all been planned by the big bankers and by the elites and, and everybody else. And uh, they've taken a lot of uh, interesting steps to, to make it work. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's insidious. It really is. Um, but what really, and here we go again with the um, seeing something plain in the face and not doing anything about it. You know, we, especially here in the United States, you know, we, we've always been a country of freedom and liberty and, um, and justice. And uh, we'll be the first ones to go overseas and fight somebody else's war. But when we have a war going on here, nobody wants to do anything. You know, the military has their hands tied because they can't do anything within the country. Um, if you say anything or do anything, you're labeled as a racist or a you know homophobe or you you, you pick the name. You know it's um, there's always somebody that's pointing a finger back, not realizing that the other three fingers are pointing back at them. Um, it's it's insidious. It really is. It's crazy, man. It's oh, I sound like Joe Biden. Sorry. Um, it's just crazy. It's I. Could, if my father was still alive, my dad, I, I don't think that he would be able to understand exactly what's going on. Well, I shouldn't say that because he was pretty bright. But, um, you know, it's something that other generations thought could happen, but didn't really think about it. Otherwise, you know, they would have put things in place to come against it. Um, but, you know, we have had laws against it and uh, against some of these things. And those laws were quietly written off. And, um uh, over the last 20 or 5 or 30 or 40 years and uh, leaving us without protection. And uh, it's pretty pretty bad, folks. It really is. Um, some people are taking 
solace in the the idea that Trump's going to come back and uh, whether that's going to happen, I don't know. Um, it's a nice thought. It's a nice thought that these people are going to be arrested. I mean, the evil people in government uh, that they're going to be sent to Guantanamo, tried in military courts and hanged. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't like to see the death in anybody, but when a person's totally sold out against humanity and they are committing crimes against humanity, uh, they need to go uh, the same way the Germans did uh, the Nazis, I should say. Um, in the Nuremberg trials, you know, um, these people need to be eliminated off the face of the earth because they're psychopaths. Um, to call them sociopaths would be doing them a favor, but no, they're psychopaths. They're out for the destruction of their fellow human beings and they don't really care. And, uh, that's, that's a mental illness right there. Um, anyway, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and end this show, but I just wanted to explain to you, um, Oh, Wait a minute, I think I'm leaving out one of the most important things. So we um, we know that you can't treat a virus with an antibiotic. You can't treat a antibiotic with an antiviral. And you really can't treat um, anything that's um, any either of those two with an anti-parasitical uh, like um, ivermectin. Okay, so. But we have evidence that ivermectin, hydrochloroquine, and zithromycin are effective against COVID-19. That tells me that COVID-19 is probably not a virus, okay? Or, or it's so atypical of a virus uh, that being that if it is a virus, it's so atypical of being a virus that um, other modes of uh, of um, antiseptics, so to speak, can can get rid of it. I don't think so. Um, when I hear that people take hydrochloroquine and Zithromax in it and they get better at the beginning, when they start at the beginning, okay, or they take ivermectin and some other drug or ivermectin by itself and that they get better, it's telling me that this thing is either antiparasitic um, or as a parasitic, excuse me, um, either a protozoa or some other kind of parasite. And that um, that antibiotics get rid of um, some of the effects. Now, I think that it's probably a, a parasite of some some nature, and it weakens the body so much that the body can't fight, and then the body picks up bacterial infections, like with the lungs, because uh, pneumonia does happen in some COVID nineteen patients um, or people that get the shot. Um, but you know, you hear. You hear people talking about, oh, yeah, well, you know, I was having spasms and, uh, you know, uncontrollable movements and stuff like that. Well, oftentimes that's the, the uh, indication that a person has toxins in their body from um, from a source that could either be known or unknown. I know that bacteria release uh, toxins and so do uh, um, some so do some parasites. And uh, so anyway, folks, it's. Um, it's my guess and my, my opinion and from what I've seen, uh, my truth, uh, that I accept that this is not a virus, that, um, the reason that the COVID, um, the mRNA vaccines aren't working is because if it is antiviral vaccine, um, I have doubts about that too. Um, it's not going to treat something that's, um, a parasite or, uh, plasmonic or um, or bacteria. It's just not going to do it. So the fact that these drug combinations do work means that it's not a virus, it's something else. 
my guess, um, um, it's a combo. It's it's a cocktail, basically. It's a protozoa, um, maybe another kind of parasite, and uh, and the bacteria move in afterwards to take over, and the zithromycin gets rid of it. So um, it's just a speculation, of course, but uh, that we know the vaccine isn't do- working. Uh, we heard the uh, the other day that um, one of the um, higher ups for um, one of the mRNA vaccines, the Moderna. Uh, said that uh, came right out and said the vaccine's not working and that there's going to be there's going to be a booster. Well, what's the booster? It's just the vaccine all over again, right? Maybe a stronger vaccine um, or something that else has been manufactured. All I know is that uh, it's not going to do any good and it's going to lead to death of even more people. Um, if you know people that are out there, uh, try talking to them. I. I know it's like, you know, beating your head against the wall when it comes to talking to people about this. Uh, boy, if they think that you're you're uh, anti-vaccine or something, you're you're the devil as far as they're concerned. Um, but uh, still, you know, I would take a chance and talk to anybody about it. Um, they might not like it. They might hate me afterwards, but at least I made a chance. Uh, you know, I often complain about the, the church. Um, you know, the way it stands a lot of times, the church doesn't want to address issues. And so we're supposed to love the people into the kingdom. Well, that's not the way Yeshua said to do it. He said, you got to point out, you got to explain them what sin is, uh, convince them they're a sinner, and then tell them there's a remedy for sin. Um, that's the only way. Uh, people get, man, if you've tried to witness anybody, boy, a lot of people walk away, they get pissed off at you. Um, if it's a relative, they might write you off. They might not talk to you ever again. I know a guy that... Um, He's Jewish, and he uh, he married a Christian girl, and he became a believer, too. He's a Messianic believer in Yeshua. And, boy, his parents are giving him a hard time. His brother even is giving him a hard time. And given that, uh, and add to that, that there are bo- all three of them are, are really hardcore liberals. You know, they basically have written off my friend. Um, and that's going to be that way when you try to share the gospel or you try to share the truth about COVID-19 and the vaccine. It's something that makes people uncomfortable. Therefore, they do not want to hear it. They'd rather trust the government and take their chances that the government's right and that you're wrong. Well, like any chances um, have uh, figure quite a bit into gambling. And you know that if you go, well, maybe you don't know. <laughs> but traditionally, if you go into a casino and you haven't been in a long time or you've never been, um, you know, you, you win yeah, on a couple of machines, you know. Um, you might hit $25, you might win $100, you might win a lot more, but uh, that sucks you in. And after a while, you know, you find out that you lost everything that you won and then more, <laughs> you know, and that's that's what gambling is. And that's I, I'm not one to gamble with my life. You know, yeah, I'm a little overweight. You know, that's, I guess that could be considered gambling with my life because it's not a healthy thing. But, um, you know, it's it's not taking a foreign substance that could change my DNA into my body. It's not um, taking something that the government, boy, folks, you know, the people that, that talk about um, how good the government is. uh, Most of them are about my age. I mean, the original, I should say younger people, you know, they buy it hook, line and sinker, but older people that have bought it, you know, it's uh, they, we grew up in a generation where we were told not to trust, um, not to trust authority, that government's bad. 
And what the ironic thing is that most of the people back in the 60s and early 70s that said government's bad, they're the ones that are in government now. And now they're saying government's good. You should listen to government. You know, no, don't listen to government. Uh, Barry Goldwater um, was echoed by my dad many times, uh, said that if a government's big enough to give you everything you want, it's big enough to take away everything that you have. And boy, are we witnessing that right now, right? Um, no. Take everything with a grain of salt when it comes to government. Um, question everything that they say. Um, and, and after you do that for a long enough time, you're going to realize that every time they say go left, you go right. If they say you go up, you go down. If they say come close, you, you run and flee away as fast as you can. And that's this flag behind me here. You know, it's a symbol of freedom. It's a symbol of a, a republic that's. Nothing like has existed on the face of the earth, but it's being destroyed from within. It's being slowly strangled to death. And um, if nothing's done, then it's it's not going to exist for much longer. But um, we got to fight, folks. We, you know, and I'm not talking about shooting people. I'm not talking about, you know, going out with a knife and killing politicians or shooting them or whatever. I'm talking about speaking loudly, protesting. Um, you know, we we can, if we pray and ask Yahweh to show us the way to do things, he's really faithful to do that. You know, one of the ways I talk with people is I, I ask questions and I make them think. I do that about a lot of things with liberals and stuff. And and if you can cause a liberal to think, well, you, you become a magician, first of all. But if it works um, and you turn on that switch that causes them to think, um, you've done them a great service. And that's what we need to do. We need to help them to open their eyes somehow, not just liberals, but everybody that has fallen into the, the trap of listening to this government. And, um, you know, when Trump was in there, I, I would listen a little more. But um, with what's in there now, my goodness, you know, um, I don't know. Well, with that having been said, I don't. First of all, I don't want to leave you with a without hope, okay? Because <laughs> um, I could end the program right now, and you'll be going, "Geez, what a downer of a program that was." Well, I don't want to leave you that way, and uh, there is hope. You know, the Scripture says everybody that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We know that Yahweh watches out for His people; He really cares. And if you're one of His people, then uh, you've got nothing to worry about. Um, if you're not, you've got a lot to worry about. I was talking with a guy at church today, and um, there's a phrase out there. This this world is the closest thing to heaven that the world will ever see and the closest thing to hell that a believer will ever see. <clears throat> Boy, howdy, isn't that the truth? <clears throat> so it's um, it's important that, uh, that we know that if we're believers in Yahweh, uh, Yahweh Yeshua, um, or Jesus Christ, our Lord, um, that we have certain guarantees. Uh, boy, the retirement plan is excellent because, you know, we go to be with him. Um, everything's on the dole. Um, and I don't mean to make light of that, but, you know, there are rewards for for accepting him as our Lord and Savior. And, and uh, there are rewards for living a godly life. And uh, there are rewards for... Um, for proclaiming Yeshua from the housetops and, uh, and any other way you can. Um, but, uh, anyway, so don't leave this show without hope. There is hope. Um, 
basically now the only hope you have is is in Yeshua. You can't trust government. You can't trust a lot of people that are you're surrounded by because you don't know where anybody stands anymore. The only one that's rock steady and you can trust is Yeshua. And believe me, you can take that to the bank. Okay. So know that there's hope and know that um, uh, there when scripture says a thousand will fall on your left side and 10,000 on your right, yet you will continue to thrive. And that's a loose translation. But, um, and uh, if you, if you read, history of Israel uh, one day when they were surrounded by the Assyrian army an angel one angel of the Lord went out and killed 185,000 Syrian troops so um, that's how much he cares for people when when he when they love him I mean he cares for them anyway um, you don't die for the whole world without caring for them and uh, I pray that you're one of the people that he's chosen from before the foundation of the earth if you're listening to this show there's a good chance that that's that's right uh there's a good chance that many of you have made that decision already but if you hadn't haven't um you know just um in a quiet area or something so you don't think you're embarrassing yourself uh talk to him and just ask him to prove himself that he's real and he'll do that and then uh then you take the next steps you know you you realize that you want to uh become an adopted son or daughter of the one who created the universe that all that we see um, even to the farthest star system, he created it all. And uh, and we have to promise that he's coming back someday, um, first to gather his people, bring them to heaven, and then we'll return with him. Brian often calls that the rapture, and the rapture is a real thing. Brian and I disagree maybe on the timing of it, but we both know it's going to happen, and we both know that um, before he executes um, – judgment on the world, Yahweh's going to come back and he's going to take him to himself and that he's going to basically marry his um, his bride, which is what the believers are. And um, and uh, there's going to be one heck of a feast in heaven. I can't even imagine. And being a lover of food uh, and knowing that in heaven, I'm not going to get fat or fatter. Um, that's, that's a big plus right there. So I might be going up for 30 seconds or 30 thirds at that time and uh, – uh, anyway, that's weird that I use those numbers. Sorry, I'm not a Mason. <laughs> um, I might go on, be going up for 50 seconds and 50 thirds. How's that? Um, but, uh, yeah, we have a lot of promises, and those promises are good if we believe. And, uh, you know, I mean, the way the world's in, what's what's wrong with tr- trying? You know, it's uh, you got to believe in something, and if you – you can't believe in yourself because you know you're a scumbag. We all are on our own. And the only righteousness that we have, especially believers, is that it comes through Yahweh. And if you don't have Yahweh, you can't be righteous. Um, but, um, you know, there, there are a lot of promises that we have in Scripture. And um, get online and look for promises in Scripture, promises of hope, promises of eternal life, promises of uh happiness and joy and peace and stuff like that. Um, you're going to be reading for a long time. So anyway, there's hope. Don't worry. Be happy. and uh, But be happier quickly, okay? Because um, we don't know what, what day and hour he comes, and we don't know when all this uh, uh, defecation is going to hit the rotary oscillator, so to speak. So um, try to get it right with Yahweh as soon as you can. 
So, okay, folks. Well, it's getting on close to two hours since I started this. So I'm going to go ahead and end this show. And uh, one hour, 51 minutes. Wow. Um, be blessed and know that Yahweh loves you. Be blessed and know that uh, you can have a wonderful future if you cho- choose to. I pray that you make that choice. And, um, well, we'll be back. Uh, let's see. Today's we'll be back tomorrow night. And we're going to look at a bunch of things. So um, we hope that you join us tomorrow. We'll be live at 7 o'clock. Um, and, of course, this thing is going to be, as always, is uh, videotaped and and put up on Rumble and uh, and on my website. And um, uh, the the audio files are also put on the, the website and also on uh, Podbean. Look for Opposing the Matrix and on Spreaker, too. And, man, it's all over the place. It's on um, Apple iTunes. It's. Um, I can't keep up with it everywhere it is now because people keep putting it on different places. So um, it's great. Praise the Lord. We probably got probably close to a half a million viewers if I were to count everything up. But, you know, I haven't. So don't take that number to the bank. Um, anyway, we'll be back tomorrow, 7 o'clock p.m. Me and Brian um, will have interesting things to talk about. And right now I can't remember what those things are, but there, there is a, a show that's scheduled. Oh, I could probably tell you. Oh, the end of the world as we know it. Okay, it's just we're just going to be talking about all the things that are factoring in. Um, there's just a lot of stuff going down now, and we need to talk about those things. So I um, hope you can be there tomorrow night. Um, if you can't, oh, but by the way, we're on Twitch, so you can find us on Twitch. That's where the live show is. And um, so it's really been a pleasure doing this show tonight. Um, we love our audience. We really do. We pray for our audience all the time. And we know that, uh, because we pray for our audience, that God has them, Yahweh has them in his hands, uh, for their safe keep, for his safekeeping and their safekeeping. And that, um, he, uh, Yeshua said, be, uh, be happy little flock. Um, we're all the sheep of, uh, Yahweh and, uh, he will not let any of us stray away. And that's that's a comforting thing because it's a natural tendency to want to. So anyway, here I go again. I'm digressing. but um, So we'll see you tomorrow. And uh, be blessed and uh, make, make righteous decisions this, uh, well, this week. And uh, see you tomorrow. Live long and prosper in Yeshua. Good night, folks.